Good morning and welcome to episode 685 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus brought to you by the Play Index at BaseballReference.com. I'm Sam Miller with Ben Lindbergh of Grantland. Hi, Ben. Hi. How are you? Okay. Can you hear the ticking of my kitchen clock? Yeah. I'm worried that it will remind you of the mortality that you try so hard to forget by talking about baseball. Mm, It just drives me. (laughs) We're running out of time. We have to, we have so many podcasts to record. I have a, I already, I always have a clock in view ticking, in fact, because, uh, I want to, well, I want to know pretty much the second we've gone long enough in this, in this podcast that if we had to stop talking, we could. Uh huh. Because until we get there, every show starts with the feeling that we're not going to have anything to talk about, right. and we're going to run out of... It's a very obnoxious thing for a clock to do, ticking. We don't need to hear you every second. <laughs> <laughs> I know how long a second lasts. Uh-huh. All right. Well, seconds are ticking, so let's talk. All right. Got a little bit of banter. Okay. Craig Goldstein sent me an article... Apropos of our discussion about the LA Times not being impressed by Bo Jackson's home run and feeling like nobody else should be either, mm-hmm. uh, sent me an article from about a week ago about how nobody should be impressed by John Carlos Stanton's home run. <laughs> <laughs> Why should we not be impressed? I'm impressed. <laughs> this was the one that went, you know, out of Dodger Stadium. Yeah. And uh, the LA Times headline was, I, I don't have it in front of me, but it was literally something like, John Carlos Stanton's home run did not go out of Dodger Stadium. Oh. It was uh like they were arguing that because it hit off of a canopy or something, it doesn't count, which, fine, probably probably doesn't. Mm-hmm. Still pretty impressive. I'm impressed by all of his home runs. Yeah, no, it, uh, let's see. So this headline is, Sorry, John Carlos Stanton homer was not hit out of Dodger Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> His, it, the home runs that he hits not very far, I think, are maybe the more impressive ones. The ones just, that just barely go out, but they are super low and super fast. Those yeah. and opposite field often. Those are the ones that impress me the most. Speaking of home runs and hang time, which we were on yesterday's show, you we we speculated about what the average hang time of a home run was. What did you say? I I said four and a half. Yeah, so you were almost on. I was too high. So I, I asked Greg Rabarczyk, who started ESPN's home run tracker, although at the time it was called Hit Tracker. He now works for the Red Sox, but he still does some stuff for Hit Tracker. And I asked him what the average hang time of a home run is, and he says it is 4.88 seconds. Okay. Yep. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. All right, so that banter's out of the way. Let's see. Somebody... Uh, somebody had a hypothesis for the lefty low ball hitters. Well, I don't know if it was a hypothesis for the lefty low ball hitters. It was relevant information that has led to, I think, perhaps a hypothesis that I would have about lefty low ball hitters. Maybe he was trying to offer this hypothesis too. But basically that not everybody who hits lefty is is actually left-handed. Some of them are right-handed, hit, right-handed people, right-handed humans who bat left-handed. And so the uh, the the hypothesis offered is that uh, they are it's because they're right hand dominant. They are they don't get the top hand basically, and so because of that, because they're right hand dominant, the swing is suited for low balls and less suited for high balls. And so I don't know if this is true. You and I uh, recently were told that 
this was a case, right? Weren't we? Didn't we just like two days ago hear somebody complaining that right-handed throwers uh, don't get their top hand? We have heard a lot about top hands and bottom hands in the last few days. <laughs> so that may have been one of the things. Yeah, top hand's a big part of Stomper strategy. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, so in this discussion, yes, we heard a, a, a similar complaint that right-hand dominant players are always trying to lead with their dominant hand, which is their bottom hand. And that would explain... And so anyway, this would this is just to say that it, it would be interesting to see uh, if, in fact, you divided the left-handed hitters into a population of right-handed throwers and non-right-handed throwers, if you would see the same low-ball dominance for the left-handed throwers. Sounds like a post. It does. And Dan Jennings... Amazingly, Dan Brooks pointed this out to me, and yet we're talking about it in the non-Dan Brooks <laughs> episode. But there's an even better quote from Dan Jennings. This is not about Dan Jennings, but after his second win, he said, quote, Wins are like donuts. You want to keep eating them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. There's so many things that I don't get about this quote. Like, why donuts? Why not anything good in life? Wins are wins. Like, it's not, like, there's not cl- unclarity about whether wins are good or bad. Wins are, wins are much less unambiguous than donuts in terms of goodness. Like, there are people who don't like to eat donuts. My wife does not like to eat donuts. Everybody likes wins, though. You have an so interesting it, way of saying donuts. Donut. No. Oh, heavens. <laughs> no. Yeah. Donut. Say donut. 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 It's a donut. No. Donut. Donut. <laughs> donut. <laughs> so. Regional dialect differences. It, the point is that you. It would be much better to say eating a donut. <laughs> you did it again. <laughs> eating a donut is like winning a baseball game, right, or something like that. Where anyway. So that's one thing. But the other thing is that the implication of this is that you don't want too many of them. You shouldn't have too many, or it'll. <laughs> Turn you sick. Right. So, so it, the, like it implies that Dan Jennings is carefully rationing his donut intake. <laughs> that he's only allowed to have one a weekday and then, uh, one on each weekend or something like that. That he's, you can't have, you can't have too much or you get addicted. He's just showing his lack of experience with this quote. He doesn't know how to talk like a manager. Exactly. He is, one thing is for sure, Dan Jennings is not going to get addicted to winning. Like, he is intent. And the other thing that Dan Brooks pointed out is, it's not like Dan Jennings just discovered baseball. He's been doing this for, he's been doing baseball winning for a long time. You, it, it, so, what? like, I don't feel like you need to get a quote from him about what it's like to win. It's a good thing. Everyone understands that. It's generally understood that we want to win. Yeah, it is. All right. I wonder, but what kind of donut is it? I don't know. Someone can do a follow-up. Yeah. All right. That's my banter. You have any? Nope. Other than my home run hang time. Oh, yeah. Which you snuck into my banter. And my ticking clock. All right. So, Ben, uh, I wanted to talk about replay and a couple of details uh, that have kind of emerged in the in the year plus that we've had replay questionable things or things that uh, disagreements that have arisen and that I'm not sure were really anticipated. And one is very new and it's a, it's a kind of the first time that this issue that I know of has come up. The other has repeatedly come up in my opinion. 
And uh, so I wanted to talk about each of those two things and then uh, also see if uh, so, well, these would be things, well, you'll hear, but these would be things where you could maybe make an argument that replay should be scaled back in these specific instances. And then I would like to know, having lived through it for a year and a half at the end, I would like to know if you have anything that you would like to see replay beefed up on. All right, so the first one, and this was a very interesting situation, Chris Davis, Chris with a K, Davis hit a home run a couple days ago against the Giants, and the Giants appealed it, and the... Uh, umpire said, yep, he didn't hit that home run. He didn't touch home plate. The home plate umpire was looking at the plate, saw it, said that the foot did not touch the bag, and then the Brewers challenged that, and the replay officials overturned it. Now, I'm not that interested in, in that. This is that All that is pretty irrelevant. What is interesting, what is relevant, the question is that Bruce Bochy, on his pregame show the next day, was asked, oh, so like pretty, pretty sharp of Andrew Susak, right, that he saw that? And Bochy said, well, actually, our replay guys saw it. Uh, mm-hmm. Sean Dunstan saw it, um, and he called down to us. Sean Dunstan's the replay guy? He's sitting there watching the replays? Heck yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's usually just some anonymous video guy. Well, it's not. For the Giants, Sean Dunstan. All right. And so he called down to Bochy, alerted him, and then Bochy appealed. Now, this is very odd to me. And potentially, again, it seems, well, I don't know if it's against the rules, but it seems like it could very easily be against the rules, that they used their replay guy for non-replay purposes. He was essentially using the benefits of this camera, these cameras, all these banks of TV screens or whatever they have to see all these replays, in order to help them on the field, right? Mm-hmm. It seems like very, very questionable. Doesn't that seem very questionable? Well, how does that differ from the typical close call where you well, get to look at the replays and change they, something? They weren't asking for a replay. They were asking for an appeal. Uh-huh. And an appeal is different than a replay. Right. Hmm. An appeal an appeal So let's talk about what an appeal is because appeals are nuts, man. Okay, so when when you think about the weirdness of this play, first of all, it's really weird that you hit a home run and the ball is gone. It's it's like you theoretically have forever to touch home plate. You theoretically you there's no there's nobody coming to tag you. You're not avoiding any tags, so baseline rules don't apply. Mm-hmm. And there's no threat that that ball is going to somehow become live. So there's no time element. Theoretically, you ought to be able to to hit a home run, go get your four year degree at a major <laughs> university come back and touch home plate right yeah the, the question that we answered the other day from dominic about fans throwing home runs back onto the field that was the second part of a question that was related to this where the first part was what would we consider a runner to have to do to be ineligible for the home run you know how far would he have to run away for it to not count anymore so yeah it's very nebulous all right so already we're in weird zone now here's here's the next part Susak, after he finds out about this, so goes to the umpire and goes, or maybe at the same time, I don't know, maybe Susak saw it too, but he goes to the umpire and goes, did he touch home plate? And the umpire says, I can't tell you. Uh-huh. Which is so, like, why this, why do we have to go through this? Just tell him. Just say, yeah, he did, or no, he didn't. If you say, yeah, he did, 
then you save the 12 seconds of an appeal. If you say, no, he didn't, then you, I mean, presumably once you say, I can't tell you, so there's no harm in appealing. That Theoretically, these guys could appeal every base that every batter or runner ever touches or didn't touch. Uh, so there's no, there's nothing limiting Susak's appeals. And like, why, if you're the umpire, why does he need to appeal? If you're the umpire, why don't you just say, why can't you just say, oh, didn't touch the base? <laughs> yeah, this is, this reminds me of what people wanted the replay system to be, right? Not a challenge system where it's up to the teams or the manager to spot something that did or didn't happen, but you just have some central review place in New York where where they currently consult when there is a review, you would just have that sort of eye-in-the-sky monitoring every play and just telling the umpires when something happened. And that's kind of awkward to implement, maybe. You would just have the players going about their business, and then suddenly it would be like, wait, stop, we're getting a message. We have to do that play over again or something. You'd never completely know when a play was official. It would be weird, but that is sort of what people wanted it to be, wanted the system to be, where if you really care about getting every call right, then there shouldn't be a challenge system. It should just be monitored by someone who will alert the umpires when something goes wrong, and then then Sean Dunstan wouldn't have had to call down because someone in the replay review office would have done the same thing. But but we're, no, you're conflating review and appeal. We're not even talking about replay. We're mm-hmm. not the, the the review is irrelevant to this, except for the fact that Dunstan used a tool that is not intended for what he used it for. That's uh-huh. why re, that's why replay is here. It's that Dunstan has been given access to cameras that allowed him to cheat. Okay, so that's what we're talking about. Now we're talking about the weirdness of appeal rules because they're already weird. They are essentially what you're saying with replay. Uh, replay review, uh, except in this other part of the game, it's the same kind of basic logical flaw, where why does the team need to, to appeal? Why doesn't the umpire just get to say, you didn't touch the base? Like, why is there this tiny little added gamesmanship element, like where you have to, like the team has to monitor whether the base was touched? The umpire should monitor whether the base was touched, right? It's not like, it feels very weird. Appeals are, are very weird. Like, it really feels like the umpire could just say, you didn't touch, or you left the base early, you're out. Like, it's not like when a basketball player shoots a shot after the clock, like, well, the referee can't say anything unless you appeal. <laughs> like, I don't know, did he? I don't know. Like, and you ask, like, did he get that off before the shot? I don't know. I can't tell you. I'm just the ref. I can't well, I guess a formal appeal. When, so when would the umpire say it if he were going to say it because he couldn't say it right after the guy passed the base and didn't step on it because then he could go back and step on it so he would have to bring it up when when he gets back to the dugout when the other when the next batter comes up and the bat is official or something it's a good question when is an appeal when how long could chris davis have been gone and still come back before the appeal was made i mean there is a line at which apparently an appeal is allowed and that if they do the appeal then davis is out so whenever that line has been crossed, I guess, is the same time the umpire could say it. I don't know. It's a stupid rule. <laughs> you shouldn't be allowed to do it. You should just get a home run. Yeah. All that said, that's a, a separate thing, I guess, or it's not. But that's not what done. It's not like Bochi did not go out and file a challenge. He filed an appeal. And he filed the appeal using the tools 
that have been implemented for the challenge, not for the appeal. And so the point is that Sean Dunstan is using, and probably other teams, are using this this video feed in order to kind of cheat. And so you wonder, what else can they use it for? Can they use it to steal signs? Like R.J. Anderson's piece today at BP, in which he cracked some team's signs uh, from the second base camera, the, sorry, the center field camera. Are they using it to steal signs? Can they use it to do other things? I don't know. But like, it feels weird that there's this line, there's this direct telephone line between the manager, who's not even allowed to have a smartphone on the bench, and these guys in an office where they have access to dozens of camera feeds and probably every other bit of information that the rest of the world has. And they can just phone them. Like, they can just call them up and say this. And so that seems like kind of maybe, I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't really care if they have the smartphone and the, all the things. But given that they're not allowed to. So what did uh, he, did he, he called the, the dugout phone that, that connects to, who, what, what, who did he call? How did he talk yeah, to him? The, he called the dugout phone, the one uh -huh. that connects to the replay room. Hmm. The okay. one, that, the one that he calls when he says you should challenge that. So I don't know if there's, uh, is there a rule that you can't do that? Is it like in, in football where the GM got in trouble for texting the guy on the sidelines or whatever? I don't know what the rules are. I mean, if the GM wants to go down and and talk to the manager on that replay review phone, he could do that. And you're saying that that is cheating, except it's not if it's not prohibited. Yeah, I don't know what the rule is. Yeah, so. I mean, you could always just, you can have a guy watching replays in the clubhouse and then run through the tunnel and talk to the manager. It takes longer and it's not as effective. So you're objecting to the, the ease of it. Just you can pick up a phone and you have a whole bank of things. I mean, you could always have a, you could put a bank of TVs in your, in your clubhouse if you wanted to, right? In your video room. It, it, you could do that if you wanted to. Just have every angle there and have someone lean out the door and say it. Yeah. So I don't know if it's necessarily like an exploit in the, in the replay system or whether it's something that theoretically you could do anyway. Maybe it's just, it's easier to do, but I, I don't know. You could always, I mean, anyone on the team could have noticed it and mentioned it. So Sean Dunstan is technically on the team in a sense and he noticed it so i don't know i don't know if i mind if you have a rule that says but he didn't know he noticed it because he got to look at this camera. right right but how would you even it seems like a tough thing to to i mean what would you how would you even restrict what the replay guy could say well, under, under the system where the team does the replays if you centralized it where mlb did it and they weren't giving tips to either team, but they were only answering questions, then they wouldn't be tipping off teams. But as long as the, the team is reviewing it, someone from the team is reviewing it, then it doesn't seem like there's really a way to limit what they can say. Yeah, of course there is. You just say you can't say this. And you, I mean, you maybe this, this, you have this phone call. Anytime you have that phone activated, it records and Major League Baseball can review and see if you're talking about things that are not pertinent to a video review which this was not this was not pertinent to a video review yeah i guess you could do that you could i mean and if you were worried about uh, so you could do that and you could also that would theoretically prevent Schwan Schwan dunstan from using it to do anything else that's 
beyond the scope of what the video cameras are supposed to be mm-hmm. able. You could also have it be the case that, I mean, I think this is, pro- I don't know if this is good or bad, but you could have it be that that camera, only, uh, that, that phone only dials one way. And so Bochi can consult with somebody when he has a question about a close play, but that you uh, wouldn't have the situations where the video review guy is calling down and saying, we spotted something, you know, spotted something that isn't, I don't know, there's something, there's something about that guy with the cameras that's fun and, and interesting. And when the, uh, last year the Marlins were really good at this, they would find these little calls, like guy, guy missed a base, guy missed first base closely. And he called down and said, oh, he missed first base. And nobody would have spotted that. Nobody would have known it. It's not like the manager, it's not like Richmond, uh, Richmond, Redmond, was like, huh, I wonder if he touched first base, I'd better call my guy. It was like somebody spotted it and called down. And it wouldn't bother me if that was removed from the Mm -hmm. game. But it also doesn't really bother me that it's there, I guess. It's kind of fun. Again, the point here that I'm making is that this was not about using the cameras to find a challengeable play. A challenge and an appeal are different things. And an appeal is outside of the challenge process. It is part of the the non-challenge of the game so Mm -hmm. i think that they conflated these things and uh i would probably suspend all of them for a quarter of the season for it okay (laughs) uh every one of them Uh very very harsh on both sides both teams (laughs) okay second thing and this one is uh much more common but they're going to have to create a rule for base runners that control of the bag is less literal than touching the bag, right? When a guy slides in and for a thousandth of a second, his body is off the bag by a thousandth of an inch, and you can see this on replay, but he has never lost control of the bag in any way that has ever been acknowledged by baseball players and umpires. That sucks, right? Mm-hmm. Don't. That's got to stop, right? We don't like that pedantic view of control of the bag, do we? I don't think so. It's it's the same as the football defining a catch problem, right? Like you could never completely tell when a guy has possession at any exact moment, and so you end up with weird calls where the replay makes it look like it's not a catch or it is a catch when it was intuitively the opposite to everyone who was watching. So, yeah, I I agree. That seems... It's hard to draw the line and say we want to be this accurate, but not a hundred percent accurate. <laughs> but, yes. but yes, I I agree that is it doesn't really make baseball better if that is something that people have to worry about. Right. I mean, if you if you come off the bag because you came off the bag, then right, you're you are in danger. You should be out. But I just I don't know. I don't really know how to make a defense of my position that is stronger than it's always been this way. And that's not a good argument. But it does feel like, I don't know, that that the pace of the game, the speed at which the game is played, accepts this type of sliding that we now see is very common. Uh, you know, I don't think we knew that guys were coming off the bag, for instance. Before video review was instituted, I was not expecting or anticipating this problem. I didn't know that these guys came off the bag almost every time. I don't know if it's almost every time, but... Like, a lot. Like, I don't know, maybe a quarter of slides, of contested slides, of, cha- of, uh, of you know, close plays 
it seems like there is a split second where their body is off the bag after it's been on the bag, but not like they've gone past the bag or they've overslid or they've fallen off. Just, you know, like bumps, like how you're riding your bike and your bike is on the ground. But if you had a high speed camera every once in a while, it wouldn't be on the ground and, you know, hit a pebble or whatever. And, you know, and it just feels like you have to change. You have to change the way the game is played if you're going to redefine a slide to be stricter than or to redefine contact and control the bag as stricter than it is. You can't just we can't keep playing baseball the way it's been played for 100 years if there's no allowance for tiny momentary seconds, split seconds uh, of loss of control of the bag. So there was a piece over at Buck's Dugout by David Minnell about a week ago that was very good and it looked at how instant replay has changed base running and plays at the bag and because now you have to uh, this is a little bit different but because now you have to actually tag the guy which seems appropriate to me but I can see the player's argument that it's less appropriate and this argument this article kind of makes that case a little bit from the player's perspective because you have to tag the guy you have to really stay down there and keep your glove down. You can't just sort of swipe the tag or, you know, put the tag down and then pop it up. And, and of course, it, it, you, it seems like pretty obvious that you should have to tag a guy. If the, the rules of the game say you should tag him, you should tag him. But every, you know, the, I think that the players, from the player's perspective, they knew they could tag the guy. That was easy. The reason that they did the swipe or the pop, you know, the, the, the down and up tag was for safety, that they didn't want to get hurt. And, when you have guys sliding in hard with their cleat spikes coming at you and, and all that, you don't really, you'd rather not put your wrist down there and let him, you know, crash into you at full speed. And so it was just sort of allowed. And now it's not allowed because we have a much more technical definition of what a tag is. And so base runners, uh, so fielders have to really keep their gloves down there and stay there. And as Neil Walker says, it, it's, it's more dangerous. Now and th- I'm less I'm I'm a little bit more on the fence about that I kind of do like to see a tag but I respect that position but it's the sort of the same thing extends to keeping the tag on the guy uh, after he's come into the base you're just basically creating a a, a little bit m- more of a physical altercation a physical activity at the base and um, so th- that's a kind of a more practical way that base running has changed. It's become a, a, a lot more physical, but I don't know. So, all right, so those are two things that maybe I feel like replay has uh, encroached or uh, gotten to be a little bit too much of the game. So then my question for you, the final question is, is there anything where you feel like replay is still underutilized and it could be a bigger part of the game? Having Having seen it, do you still... Do you have a craving for more? Is there anything where you still have an appetite? Like, for instance, an appetite that one might have for donuts. <laughs> so what is ineligible? Balls and strikes, interference, no, foul no. tips, check no. swings? No. Oh, you're saying what is ineligible in, in, in real life right now or what is ineligible for this question? What is ineligible for replay review right now? I don't know. Those things that I just said, I think. So we've talked about balls and strikes before. I, I'm... I'm mildly anti-computerizing that or making it, I, I don't know, replay replay review would be a weird thing. I think if you were going to do replay review of balls and strikes, then you should probably just do computerized. It seems like a, a strange thing if you were to appeal 
to appeal an umpire's decision or challenge an umpire's decision and then have it be upheld or struck down by the computer. If you if you trust the computer to make that call more than the umpire, then you should just use the computer. So that seems like a that would be a sort of a strange intermediate step. But other things, maybe foul tips. I mean, sure, why not? Check swings, sure, why not? Everyone talks about how it would be nice if you at least had to appeal if the if the home plate umpire on a questionable check swing at least had to check with the base umpire, and I'd be fine with that. And I suppose I'd be fine with a replay review of that also. I, maybe you would need more strict definitions of what a check swing is or isn't because it seems like such a subjective thing that I don't even know how you would conclusively decide whether it was one or not, even if you could watch it a bunch of times. Like when, when we see replays of check swings, often the broadcasters will say completely different things about whether he held up or not. So I don't think anyone knows exactly where the border between swing and check swing is, but being able to challenge it would probably make it a little better. Seems like being able to just appeal, have a mandatory appeal to the base umpire would work just as well. So I don't think there's a really obvious area to expand it, but in general, I'm happy with it. I think it's made baseball better, and I would, in theory, expand it to to other things. I wouldn't be worried worried about further encroachment if there was something else that seemed to make sense. I don't know if there is really a, an urgent type of play that comes to mind immediately. Yeah, I think the one thing that I would be most in favor of is is giving the re- the guy, the replay guy more power to overrule the umpires. I don't like the conclusive rule that it has to be clear and conclusive or whatever. Uh-huh. That seems nuts to me. I mean, the whole point of replay is that this guy with this with eight high-speed cameras is probably has a better view than the dude who's looking at it in real time once from whatever angle and once we accept that he's better that that guy's better which is why we have it we have it because that guy's better the guy in the booth is better i don't understand why his opinion is worth less if there's a if he goes well it looks like this to me but it's not conclusive and this other guy who said the opposite but obviously also wasn't conclusive i don't know why the guy on the field's not conclusive overrules the guy in the booth's not conclusive. Mm, Seems pretty obvious. Maybe, maybe just to keep the game going faster. Just to... that's the. But I think the opposite has happened. I think that that what happens is that we get these longer. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think we're getting longer reviews on these not, quote unquote inconclusive ones because they're trying to find the conclusive angle. And really, it's usually even in the quote unquote inconclusive. I think it's usually pretty clear within, you know, a couple of viewings which way you think it went. And then you watch it 12 more times and you go, I don't know, I can talk myself out of this. And then in, in looking for the conclusive view, you end up taking longer. I mean, it seems pretty simple to me that you just give them 90 seconds, give the guy in the booth 90 seconds, then the camera, you know, then the TV shut off. And then the guy gets to say what it was. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, my clock has probably ticked about 2,000 times, so I think we've talked enough. Okay. All right, so we will be back with one more show tomorrow. Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash effectively wild sponsor. 
Play Index. Go to baseballreference.com, use the coupon code BP, get the discounted price of $30 on a one-year subscription. Email us at podcast at baseballprospectus.com. We will talk to you tomorrow morning.